I'm here speaking with Bob Smith at the running event in Austin, Texas. Uh, Bob, let's first talk about, have you felt over your history, your career in the apparel industry and in design consulting, have you found that at any period some of the larger apparel companies have become safe with their design, too safe? Well, it depends on what category. In the running community, it's interesting because, yeah, I feel like perhaps they have. You know, a lot of these brands, like your Adidas and your Nikes and so on, like they have uh, lifestyle components of their brands that I think are really adventurous. I think what I kind of always try to do is I try to fuse the two together because I, I mean you know you, you're always going to have your guy who just wants a pair of black tights and you know and a tank top and that's that's fine but I always like, feel like the energy comes from the lifestyle component of the, of the business so I always try to fold that into you know the performance part of it and you know and that kind of the pendulum goes back and forth with that you know sometimes people are really into it you know you, you can get a, a line manager or a, you know or a, or, a, or a department head who's like yeah let's try to push this and other times they're saying no we need to protect sales and we need to make sure we're focusing on the core consumer and uh, so that that line is always moving back and forth. You got about yeah. like UAS uh, Under Armour tried this UAS sportswear and they hired a guy that brought him in. I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought him in to do a whole line. Now he's gone. And yeah. We have this line. Did that? Do you well, think that worked? Yeah. I, I, well, I always, anytime anyone tries something like that, I always try to support it. Again, I feel like it, a lot of that isn't so much the designers. It's like it's like whoever's leading the category. Oh, I see. You know, so there's always kind of like this, um, what I would call like this artist patron relationship, and you know, between a company and like, okay, yeah, we're gonna like this season, we're gonna try to move it out, right, and make it more adventurous and make it more, you know like whatever forward or scary or whatever and I don't I've never seen anybody actually hold that commitment like there's maybe you know it's, you know the top two brands that may, might be pushing it out there just from a design aesthetic but you really have to be it's more than just like this thing you kind of paste on top or even like a guy you bring in right. it has to come from from the top and then the top has to stay with it so it's not just like a trend or a fad or something we're going to do this season it's something that you commit to over over. do you think that's one of the problems with a corporate yeah. they, have, they, they sacrifice the design yeah. growth because of they need to hit a sales number. So yeah. Still well, and the, and then the thing is, like the, the irony is, you'll get a bump, you know, or at least you'll get some press or some editorial if you do something really, really adventurous. And I just don't know, you know, how interested you know bigger companies are actually keeping that going. You know what I mean? Like it's like like I said, like, most of the times it seems like it seems to be like some sort of a, like a fad or a one hit thing just to get like, hey, let's try this. No one's ever done this before. Okay. But it, it's like to me, as, as what I like to think of it is turned more holistically. Like, who am I as a brand, and how do I want to show up season after season after season, right. rather than like hey, let's throw clown vomit on everything this season. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Uh, do, you yeah. find that, do you find that large companies, and I'll just, as an yeah. example, just VF Corp, you know, large companies that have a new number of apparel brands. Right. Is there a harder for them to delineate, you know, this brand stands for this? You know, yeah. Look and this brand stands well, for that? Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, and like every time I go to the, one of these shows, it's just, there's a part of it that's kind of really almost soul crushing. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, because like it feels like, you know, you know, like one or two or three brands aside, like you could like take the logo off any of these products and put them on another product and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference like i mean like you know so so that part of it, like, this, like there really is feels like there's nothing new under the sun okay um so i just like to see integrity when it comes to design and then like supporting like an idea like for more than a season or even two like like i, I think like top brands do a pretty good job of that but again i feel like the hard thing for me as a designer that's really easy to say because i'm always like well yeah why because i mean you know my nails are painted and i'm like oh, i'm that way all the time right? right but like that's probably not your core consumer that's probably not where most of your dollars being spent or coming from and as a business, you know, if I'm running a business, I'm interested in making sure that I take care of that guy first, right? That guy or girl first, right? Right. But having said all that, I know that I'm kind of talking in circles here, but I feel like you can have both. I feel okay. like you can take care of that, you know, the core consumer who wants, but then you can also offer them something maybe a little more out there. For, so when they become loyal to your brand, you go, well, he, you know, maybe I'll try this. 
maybe I'll try this new thing, like kind of kind of put it out there for myself, you know? Okay. So let me ask you about one brand now that's done very well with on the footwear side at least, uh, Puma with Rihanna and Fenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a fad? Is that really cool? I, what, I, is, what, is, well, what has been the attraction there? Yeah, I feel like those everybody's that's the name of the game right now is is collab. You have Yeezy with Adidas, he used to be with um, right, yeah. Nike. You know, you have Pharrell. Pharrell, yeah, you have uh, uh, Victor Abloh with um right. with Nike, you have that will never go away and actually I think that's actually kind of ramping it up and it's a way for these bigger companies to kind of impute some kind of coolness on themselves but I feel it's also like what people want internally a lot of these companies uh, we tend to talk to ourselves right. you know what I mean hard to get outside and see what people really want and so you, what you do is you go for this big splashy thing right like so, so like so which is great which is great and I, and I love that but I feel like what I'd like to see is Pharrell doing something for Adidas performance you know what I mean okay, or Virgil Abloh doing something for like um, I think Nike did a little bit with Jun Takahashi stuff you know, oh, the, right, right, right. Um, you know that's that's kind of cool. I'd like to see more of that okay. rather so than like, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Ra- rather than like, I'd really like to see Pharrell here. You know what I mean? No, that'd be like, kind of I mean, because yeah. you can't. I, like, it just feels like there's this artificial line between lifestyle and performance, and the consumer doesn't give a sh- doesn't care. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the consumer doesn't really care. It's like, I mean, like, you know, it's like it's internally where I feel like we kind of get like all kind of like well that's lifestyle that's not that, they try to segment it too much yeah and I feel like that's artificial uh, right frankly tell our tarot this is a little bit uh, just for a minute or so about your background you were 10 years at Nike oh, about your background yeah. who you've worked for and such. yeah so I actually came I don't have a what I would call anything remotely like a formal design background training okay. anyway I played in like rock bands for like 10 years and then oh, I wow. you know, and then I and then that portfolio of you know posters and whatever got me a gig at Nike and I worked at Nike and so that was kind of my foot in the door at Nike and I started out as a graphic designer Nike. And what year, what year was this? Like? That, oh, that was, I started 94, 94 I want to say, 94, okay. and I was there for 11 years. And the very last thing I did before I left was I did this, what we called at that time, reissue, which was going back and finding like all the original Oregon Track Club stuff, all the Steve oh, Richard, right? Okay. And then bringing that forward. Kind of like Nike's originals. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's exactly like that. And it was like, and the idea there was to give some soul and, and story to like this, what at that time was like this huge, like, you know, $15 billion corporation, like this, you know, like this. And all that's all people. I feel like that's all people knew of the company back then. They didn't really, the story wasn't really clear about where they come from or like they actually is kind of like this, almost like this DIY punk rock aesthetic from the 60s. It was very counterculture. I'll say, right. And it was really, I mean, it was like, it was like the original FUBU. It was kind of like for us, by us. Right, runners, right? right. For runners. For runners. Right, for runners. They knew um, the and even even today, uh, Mark Parker was like, was an ultra marathoner, what you would call an ultra marathoner back then, a designer. And that he, to me, like embodies the DNA of what, that, you know, what Nike is and was. You know what I mean? But I didn't, at the time, like that story was getting across very well. We were, they're really focused on performance, which was great, but like the storytelling element, I thought was... Bob, do you think that as companies get larger, they might lose their um, lifestyle DNA? Absolutely. They lose Absolutely. their lifestyle DNA for whatever reason. Well, it's like, I'll tell you, it, it, you know, like, you know if, if I'm five people in a room or ten people in a room, it's really easy to know what my DNA is, because I'm sitting across the table from you all day. When you, when you scale thousands of employees, and you have global operations, and you have the multiple heads of, like, departments, and, like, it's really, really easy to... Uh, kind of lose your way. I mean, unless you have a really clear vision of, of who you are and you're constantly reminded of that. And I mean, it's, it's almost like propaganda in a way. Pro, I mean, positive propaganda, but right. you, you have to kind of go, you have to keep going back there. And, right. say, and I think, uh, you know, uh, I think Nike does a really good job of that. I think New Balance does a really good job of that, if I'm naming names. I, I have a question. Well, how do you feel about, like, for example, the large companies, I use an example, New Balance or yeah. Nike, 
buying small brands but not bringing them into the mothership, but rather yeah. than letting them be on their own, but they, they still provide them with. It you know, can. Uh, it's. I, I. generally, as a rule, agree with that, and I, I. think it's also. It's like it's like like Nike bought you know Converse, and now you're seeing like some of the Nike technology show up in some of the Converse product. I think that's that's good. I think like as long as you kind of let as long as you if you're buying a company as long as you don't try to make it like a little brother to you know the big mothership. I, I see. Then okay. that's like, let them kind of do what they do. Give them you know resources that maybe they didn't have before, so they can do things that they've always wanted to do. I yeah, I think that's 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 great. I, mean, I always buy the Converse store. I always marvel when like you bought them on the back. They were yeah. two hundred million dollar brand. Yeah. Last year they were two billion. So I mean, they, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. Something right off. Yeah, I know, and it's funny because I always as a designer. I mean, I, I'm not not like I I don't not care about the money. I do want to. I mean, I have my own company, so I'm obviously okay. I, I do care about that. But I'm really interested in keeping the story pure and and authentic to okay. you know to the I feel like you you kind of if it starts to get diluted or watered down then people start like they'll just move on because oh, there's just so too no, many there's so much new. stuff out there right and if there's a story that's not compelling or it doesn't resonate with me then I'm just like it's no problem for me to move on to the next shiny thing there's no brand loyalty yeah beyond, no not so much the season or whatever. no okay. I mean no I don't think it's like it used to be I mean I have the brands that I'm loyal to now continue to show up Okay. You know, in a new and interesting way for me, right. that is authentic to who they are. Do, do you think, Bob, that um, companies, these large corporations who make apparel and footwear, need to think up to, uh, because today's young generation approaches technology and a lot of other things differently than their parents? That they need yeah, to think they just take it for granted. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, when I started, uh, when I started at New Balance and I was doing the tennis collection, there I was like, okay, so like they're like they're all about this performance platform, and I said, well, yeah, but everybody has a performance platform. Who are you as a brand, right? So you can't just show up and say, hey, I have our shoes have this that and the other thing is like or everybody has that Right. That's just that's the that's like that's that's the you know baseline. that's the baseline that's that that gets you in the game. Now, who are you? Right. What do you stand for? You know what? Like, it's and you have it's kind of um you kind of have to be like almost like editorial about it. like I'm this and that. Like for me, like New Balance, for example, if I had to like say who they are, they're like a New England company, a New England running company, and they come from that new, you know New England tradition of footwear manufacturing, right, yeah. and that's kind of who they are. That's their ethos. Nike is definitely like this Oregon, you know, kind of like a rugged individualist kind of the, like I said, kind of like irreverent anti-establishment sort of thing which is th- now they're a 30 billion dollar anti-establishment right Audi to me is like you know um, they're Herzo right you know they're they're German from that German they have this history they you know the Olympics Muhammad Ali like I think like to me I can see like the DNA of the family the roots of, and then you know anyway, that that's to me, like that's what I'm looking for from from those brands, right? Hot Adidas for a second. They've had this meteoric rise in North America, right? And they've spent money against it. But what what's what's been? What do you think has it been designed? And yeah. On all cylinders? Okay. I'm glad. Okay, okay. This is where I started, and this is why I got involved with structure okay. uh, with uh, Michelle Rose's group. Yeah, explain a little bit what structure is for everyone. Um, t- t- so to me, it's a design conference, you know, okay. in its purest form, that is set up around empowering designers and supporting designers and equipping designers to deal with life and you know like as a designer out in the world right so so a lot of the you know the big co- companies you know, they're marketing focused they're which as they should be and they're product focused but it feels like the designer feels like a one component of that where I feel like st- designers need to be equipped so they can advocate for themselves so they can support design so they can educate like a, a product manager or a, you know why the decision was made you know, to do this or that or the other thing and why it's important to have an educated designer um, on your team right and so rather than I, I feel like sometimes designers kind of give it away give their power away oh, but you know because like well I'm happy to be here and I'm going to do this design but and then they get they, get, they hand off design and then it gets death by a thousand cuts like oh we can't do that because that'll be too much or that. So what I like about structure is like we're educating each other, supporting each other, 
be telling our stories. I've been to like a ton of these design conferences over the year, and a lot of them are like just like basically other designers showing you their portfolio, which I'm not really that interested. Right. You know, after you know, right. after, you know, maybe if I'm getting started, it's like, wow, that's really cool, and then you get inspired, and then you do better work. But after a while, you just like, I just need the tools to right. be able to deal with my PM, or be able to go into a meeting and and give a good presentation and support right. and be confident in my role and my uh, value as a designer right. within your corporation, right? Right. So it's not like you, so the idea is like it's not like you can just swap out any designer. Like the designer should have a point of view. They should be sympathetic. They should have empathy for the story of the company. They should know what the DNA is. And I feel like and then there's this kind of X factor. Like you kind of get things that you didn't expect. Right. From they bring um, insights. So, you, so actually, I think you. I know you are a woman. I think, yeah. I think you would see designers as actually helping steer like a steer a brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and you see it's funny because you see um, in some of your like in your I've, I've like. If you, you think of publications like Fast Company or Wired or even like, you know, design is like, yeah, designers, like Mark Parker, for example, this is a perfect example of this, is a designer, has a design background and they still designs, I mean, and leads the company from a designer's point of view, which is why I think they've had the success they've had, frankly, is because they've never lost, that's, they're design-centric, right? Where I've worked at some other companies where the leaders are come from, you know, like, they're not product people, they're management, or they're... Right. Just, numbers people. Numbers, numbers people, people, which is, right. which you need, I mean, need I'm, not, people, right? need I'm not saying you don't need numbers. No, People. I understand. I understand. Yeah, I mean, believe me, as someone who's like super right brain, I need numbers, people. Right, right? Exactly. I, I need that. But what I'm saying is, like, I feel like you can't innovate through cost savings. Right. You know what I mean? So I feel like your best, especially, and you know, if you're making laundry detergent or, you know, or it doesn't, that's, you know, it doesn't matter as much. If, but if I'm making performance equipment and I'm in competitive field with other people who are making performance, I need to lead with design. Right. Otherwise, nobody cares. There's no story. There's no, there's no, yeah, I mean, think about like, why do you Who's your favorite football team? Who's your favorite athlete? And there's a pretty good chance you're bought in emotionally somehow, oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, when your team loses, crushed. Right, exactly. Or when you're like, oh my God, it's the happiest day of my life when they right. win, right? right? Well, I've been speaking with Bob Smith here, uh, the <laughs> design consultant. I don't know if the word. <laughs> here at the uh, running event here in uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, this is Bob McGee for Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media.